everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, we're going to have a look at uh, the 23 unique CVEs that have been addressed across the supported Ubuntu releases. We're going to have a bit of a talk about uh, one of the more recently discovered uh, Intel side channel vulnerabilities that uh, actually turns out that it may not be, as well as uh, the usual things that have been going on in the community. Okay, so let's get into it. So, as I said before, 23 unique CVEs have been uh, fixed across the supported Ubuntu releases. The first one we're going to have a look at is uh, some in SystemD. So, we had a single CVE here that was fixed for Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. This was reported to uh, Ubuntu by Felix Wilhelm from the Google security team. And I've got a link there if you want to go see all the details to the launchpad bug that was filed. But essentially, uh, filed a bug report with us about um, a vulnerability in the DHCP v6 client in systemd. So systemd contains uh, now its own uh, network uh, interface, systemd networkd, that will do networking configuration and management for you. And that was written from scratch. And as I say, it's got a DHCP v6 client in there, which turned out that it had a possible heat buffer overflow in the handling of DHCP v6 options. And so you could trigger this by, say, uh, having a DHCP v6 server sending a really long server ID that would then result, as I say, in a heat buffer overflow and potential code execution and that kind of thing. So uh, upon having this reported to us, uh, we coordinated with uh, Upstream Systemd and with the Red Hat teams, and uh, yeah, this has been fixed, and as I said, resolved now for Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. Related to this is also an update for Network Manager, so uh, the desktop uh, network management application. This, in turn, contains a bunch of code that was taken from Systemd, so it also has its own DHCPv6 client that has the same flaw in it. So, yeah, the same fixes were then ported to Network Manager, and that's also been fixed as well. So, yeah, if you're running particularly on uh, untrusted networks where you don't control uh, the DHCP servers or uh, there may be other untrusted servers, you definitely want to make sure that you are patched for these ones. Uh, we've also got an update here for Ruby's. Ruby, so we fixed uh, two CVEs here for Trusty, Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. So one of these is around, um, I guess, a misinterpretation of the return value when comparing names in X509 certificates. So the uh, Ruby library would look at the names and try to compare them, and it would, in the case of a value of greater than uh, a less than zero, it would return that they weren't equal, and in a case of a value greater than one, it would return that they weren't equal, and then otherwise it would return they were equal. The problem is, if a value of 1 had been returned, uh, they're not equal, but it would return saying that they were. So this could allow you essentially to impersonate a certificate. So a simple fix to just change that to compare against 0 rather than 1. There was also a fix here for uh, where it wasn't propagating taint flags when unpacking uh, arrays into strings or conversely when packing strings into arrays. So the idea that you've got some input, it's either in a string or you've already converted it to an array and then you want to convert it uh, to the other type and the taint flags don't get propagated. So then the any code that's receiving that and dealing with it further on won't know whether it was tainted or not and therefore you could allow to process untrusted input uh, but assuming it was trusted. So that's also been fixed. We've got an update here for OpenSSH. So uh, this is a bit of a lower priority one, but uh, fixed for trusty Xenion Bionic. Two CVEs. Uh, one of them was a user enumeration uh, issue where essentially you could, um, from a to an SSH server, 
you could send it repeated um, challenges and it would uh, take a different amount of time depending on whether it was a valid username or not. And so you could therefore measure this and therefore realise uh, what were the valid usernames potentially on that system or not. Now, uh, the upstream developers see some of these as a bit... Um, as low priority issues because there are so many different code paths through there that are hard to protect and they don't really see user enumeration as a uh, vulnerability. However, yeah, we have fixed this. Uh, we've also bundled in that uh, a fix for a possible null pointer reference, uh, but uh, this one was taken as low priority as well because uh, you could, when doing the null pointer reference, all you're doing is crashing the spawned application that gets run to handle your connection and not the main server. So it's not really a denial of service against the OpenSSH server itself, it's just against the process running your own connection. But as I say, both of those have been fixed. We've also got here a fix for uh, libxkb common. Uh, we covered some similar fixes in episode 7 that were for Trusty and Xenial. And so now we've got uh, 11 different CVEs here that were fixed for Bionic. Some of these were common to those ones that were fixed earlier and some of them are newer, but basically they're all still around handling of uh, the files that describe keyboard layouts and that kind of thing. We've also got some fixes here for PPPD, the PPP uh, daemon point-to-point -point protocol tunneling handler. So uh, this is a, a single CVE that was fixed for trusty Xenial and Bionic. So in Ubuntu, we carry a particular patch that adds support for EAP TLS authentication. Now, uh, this could be triggered for both the server or the client side. And the problem here was there was a lack of input validation, uh, and this was coupled with an integer overflow. And this could lead to a crash and therefore possible authentication bypass. Now, uh, directly, this would be a crash because you could um, corrupt memory. But if you can obviously corrupt the right data structures in memory, you could maybe corrupt the part that holds uh, whether the client is authenticated or not, and therefore it could bypass authentication as a result. So, yeah, uh, that's been fixed. And as I say, that's a sort of Ubuntu-specific change to add that feature. Okay, uh, we've got an update here for spam assassins, so the popular um, spam filtering uh, daemon. This has fixed uh, three CVEs for trusty Xenial and Bionic. What we've done here is we've updated to the latest stable version of Spam Assassin, that's 3.4.2. So now all supported Ubuntu releases have the latest Spam Assassin. Uh, we've got fixes here for three different CVEs, like I said. There's one uh, local user code injection that's possible via the meta rule syntax. So the idea is that the user could specify their own rules and could potentially inject code for the main Spam Assassin daemon to run. Uh, we've also got uh, remote code execution by, via the PDF info uh, plugin. So if you're running that to scan PDF files, uh, you definitely want to update. And also uh, potentially the failure to handle uh, un unclosed HTML tags in emails, which could lead to a denial of service. Yeah, so as I say, uh, three CVEs fixed there, but uh, Spam Assassin is now the latest and greatest version across our releases. We've got an update here for Nginx, uh, the popular web server. So we've got a denial of service due to uh, excessive memory usage in HTTP2 handling. And similarly, there's another denial of service, but due to excessive CPU usage in HTTP2 handling. And finally, uh, there's a vulnerability in, in the MP4 handler. So you could, with a specially crafted MP4 file, cause that to enter an infinite loop. 
Uh, this isn't in the main Nginx package, but in the Nginx Extras binary package. But if you're running that, you'll definitely want to make sure you're updated if you're uh, using MP4 4 files with your Nginx server. Last of all, we've got an update for PyOpenSSL. So a couple small fixes here for Xenial. Uh, we've got a denial of service via crash of handling an X5 and 9 certificates, and similarly, a use after free in handling of X5 and 9 certs. Okay, so yeah, that's it for uh, the weekly updates. Uh, so as I mentioned in the intro, something I wanted to talk a bit more about was the purported to be latest Intel side channel vulnerability, dubbed Port Smash. So I've got a link here to the actual paper if you want to go and read the, the details for yourself. Uh, this was, uh, as a result, assigned CVE 2018-5407. Now, Intel dispute that this is a, a vulnerability in the in the actual sort of processor, they're actually saying it's a vulnerability solely in OpenSSL, which was the software that was uh, exploited in their paper uh, as a result. And what's novel about this is that it's a technique that has been theorized to be a possible side channel for quite a while, but was never actually proved out to be. And But in this case, the researchers have gone ahead and shown that. The issue in this case is that you've uh, with hyperthreads, you're sharing a single physical core amongst two um, virtual threads or hyperthreads. So because they're sharing the same physical core, they're both competing for execution units in there. And what we get is uh, what's called port contention as a result. And so what you can do is from one process, you can measure the port contention delay. So essentially the, the delay in time that before you get to use uh, and be executed against what the other uh, process is doing. And you can therefore um, infer what it's doing. In this case, because the other process, as I said, uh, is OpenSSL, and it's trying to um, use its private key to uh, essentially set up new uh, connections, then you can infer what the private key is as a result of measuring all those timing differences. And so... Um, what's particularly, I guess, novel about this is we've known for a while that um, crypto code should be constant time. That is, it, the time that it takes for uh, when using a private key shouldn't depend on what the value of the key is itself. And so that is actually the case in this. But what we also have here is that we have different execution flow as a result of what the key is. And that's what we're able to measure in this technique. And so we need now need not only constant time crypto, but we actually need a secret independent execution flow or to be executing the same instructions regardless of whatever the secret key is. And so this has now been fixed for OpenSSL uh, greater than 1.1.0H. Uh, and uh, we'll be looking at updating that at a later time for Ubuntu. Um, yeah, the other, I guess the other way you can look at this is that you can fix it or you can mitigate it by disabling hyperthreading. However, that's quite a sledgehammer approach for what is a relatively um, easy software fix. Uh, the other thing that could be done though too is that you could um, teach the Linux kernel scheduler to do essentially what's called gang scheduling or co-scheduling where you only schedule um, processes that are both similarly trusted across the same hyperthreads or shared hyperthreads. That way then even if they can infer something about the other process, that's okay because they already trust each other. So yeah, uh, an interesting one, as I say, I guess um, most interesting really because it had been theorized about uh, actually back in uh, 2015 and was now demonstrated to actually be a, you know, a real exploitable um, or usable side channel. Okay, also we're still hiring. We've got an open position for an Ubuntu security engineer. Uh, check out the link in the show notes and apply. 
Uh, I thought I would also do just a little quick brief preview of what's coming up in the next episode. So we'll be talking about some fixes there or some further fixes for systemd. Uh, quite a big backport in this case of a bunch of patches for various vulnerabilities. We've also got some fixes for GetText, the localization package, and uh, libmspack, the um, Microsoft uh, CAB file format processor and other um, other handler as well uh, plus I'm sure there'll be a bunch more by the time we come around to record next week's episode so yeah that takes us to the end of this week's episode as usual if you want to get in contact you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com you can also find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network or you can get us on Twitter at ubuntu underscore sec so uh, until next time remember keep calm and enable automated upgrades and I'll speak to you in another week thanks for listening bye